0: radio broadcast
1: direct from straight up studios in our new location for the first uh, first live recording here tonight. We've got a couple of uh, sponsors we'd like to to give a shout out to. Rose Painting and Drywall, decorating Chicago land since nineteen sixty five. I thought it was sixty nine, but he corrected me. You no. Know, sixty five? Four more years than I even thought. You know, wow. Long time. Wow. Yeah. So give Tom a call at Area eight one five seven three five four six five four for a quote. I also like to uh we will mention to Tammy's Pizza and Pasta, two fantastic locations, one in Spring Grove and one in Richmond, Illinois. You can check out their website, tammyspizzapasta.com for location, phone numbers, hours, and all that good stuff. Let's right. check them out. Uh, without further ado, I'll give you to our host, Mr. Rick Atwater. Thanks, Chris. Hi, and welcome to Recovery Internet Radio and our show, Straight Stuff on Addictions. Um, tonight, our tag is One Kid's Secret to Young and Sober, and our guest is Brady C., and our musical guest tonight is Mike P. He's been with us a number of times before. You'll <laughs> recognize his magic fingers. <laughs> oh. <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us tonight where we are every Sunday night at 8 o'clock, and thanks to our engineer and sidekick and uh, producer and what else are you? Uh, I don't, you don't general, have time to go through the whole list, I don't think. Uh, general um, IT dude, uh, Chris Atwater. Um, the name is, you, you might recognize the name. Um, and our music tonight was not brought to you by Brendan O like it usually is because Chris cooked up something different for us tonight to fit with the show, which I appreciate. You can call into the show for questions, uh, comments, or opinions. Uh, at 323-792-2977. That's 323-792-2977. Or you can tweet at Rick Atwater. Also remember to check us out at recoveryinternetradio.com. That's
0: recoveryinternetradio.com
1: for all our archive shows, resources, contacts, and other webby stuff. So we hope that you look us up. Um, We um, are also, as we've said the last three or four weeks, we are very interested in where our listeners are, so if you uh, have a mind to go to our website, you can sign up for our uh, show reminders, and you can let us know from where you're listening. I know we have some listeners from New York and from Texas and from California. And
0: We're diverse.
1: We're diverse. Where else? Anywhere else that I didn't mention? I think I mentioned Germany every week. Germany. Yeah, yeah. we probably have one listener in Germany, but let's mention they have... Seattle. Seattle. Okay. We have Seattle. Um, And I think that... Oh, we have East Coast. We have New Jersey. Coast to coast. We're coast to coast. Nationwide. (laughs) Worldwide. So... Um, And so a couple, and then a couple of our uh, a couple people that I want to mention are our favorite band, Double Take. Uh, They they play in the area, and if you want to find out where they're playing, you can go to doubletakechicago.com and go see Double Take. And uh, our friends from Dirty Laundry Designs, Fresh Cards for Addiction and Recovery. Uh, you can go to DirtyLaundryDesigns.com. There's a lot of websites involved. There are. Um, you, there's also a phone number with that one, but I think the website will be enough. And then the the final mention I want to make is Franz Chiropractic. I was looking for um, a Schwarzenegger um, impression here, but I don't have any takers on that, so we're just going to have to go with the regular Franz Chiropractic. Yeah, Franz Chiropractic. Franz Chiropractic. Yeah, you can go there. Get, get an adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> He's, got He's got a website too, it's uh, com. Oh it is, in, okay In addition to it, so you, got his, you got his number? I do have his number, it's 815-444-9466 Yeah, go there <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we got all of that um, And um, so I want to start our conversation with Brady C Thanks for coming Thanks for having me, Rick um.
0: So, you were pretty young when you got sober. Like, how young? Well, how old were you? to sixteen. Eighteen. I turned nineteen in rehab. Ooh. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah, no
1: kidding. <laughs> so, you. Were, my guess is that there weren't. Did you go back? Were you were you out of high school then?
0: Or yeah. Um, yeah, I got kicked out of high school. Oh, you did. It directly related to my. Alcohol and drug consumption.
1: Oh, all right. So when you were in rehab, it was after high school. Yeah. So when you were you working when you when you went in?
0: Yeah, I had always been kind of working for my dad. Mm He was in the restaurant biz. Okay. I always had a job with him.
1: Was that a good thing?
0: You know, he uh, he always collected my paychecks for me, and (laughs) every. It was almost every month, sometimes every other month, that yeah. I was going to court to take care of all the trouble I was getting in at the time. Mm. Uh, he would hand me all my paychecks, and I would pay the judge, and I would pay my attorney fees and uh, keep myself out of jail and out of trouble.
1: Do you have anything left over?
0: Not usually, no.
1: <laughs> You're breaking even, at least.
0: Right. I was even on that point, and that's why I had to, I had to be an entrepreneur in other areas to to maintain my... My
1: habits.
0: (laughs) I see. (laughs) (laughs) Entrepreneur.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Well, what I was thinking about was, um, did you when after you got out of rehab? I know I'm I'm sort of like we're going to go back to how you got in rehab, but I just had this one question in my head, which was, um, when you did get sober, did did you stay sober after you came out of rehab? I
0: did.
1: Okay, so. So did you find like any other people your age or how did you, I mean, was it, was it a little, uh, uh, lonely or I don't know how to say it exactly, but
0: yeah, not, not right away. I wasn't able to, um, you know, I, uh, I, I was with some kids that were younger than me Mm -hmm. in rehab Mm -hmm. and, uh, None of them were very serious about recovery at the time. Yeah. And surprisingly, I was. You know, I was I mm-hmm. was to a point where I really wanted to give this a shot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I luckily found a group of older guys
1: and, mm-hmm.
0: you know, kind of took me under their wing in the recovery scene. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was able to get plugged in through that.
1: Yeah, I think the reason I ask is I think that there's – that's a common scenario, and I or at least I hear it a lot, when kids – you know, get sober, what am I going to do, who, who am I going to hang out with, all of that stuff, and, well, I guess your answer is you, you wanted too bad enough that you found you found some people to hang with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, it was about eight, somewhere between eight and ten months into sobriety that I, I really found a fellowship of young people that I could get plugged in with.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's a critical time. I mean, i, I I wonder, do do in your framework or in your view, do do kids generally make it? I mean, or what do you what do you see in that eight to ten month?
0: Um, well, in in our area, we now have you know a pretty large amount of young people, yeah. you know, within the Crystal Lake area. Yeah. And uh, so there is a lot of people to get plugged in with, but a lot of time you see you know a lot of the really younger kids clicking up with each other, and they don't always have. You know, older people lead them through.
1: Which, know? yeah, and what happens? Is they just yeah. kind of—they're following their own. Uh,
0: yeah, a lot of the time they. Train
1: of thought, so to speak.
0: Right, they kind of end up trying it themselves, and you know, if they don't get thrown into the twelve steps as hard as I, you know, was lucky enough to when I mm-hmm. when I came around, then, you know, it's inevitable that you have a lot of in and out stuff and a lot of relapsing, and you know, it's it's difficult.
1: Yeah. So. Well, and I know we're jumping ahead here, but I'm going to go ahead. So, so why do you think we have such a why why this does this area have such a strong young people's you know because it it does you know I know there's a lot of activities here there's a lot of um, you know a, a lot of passion for for recovery here in the in the community in the young people's community how did that happen
0: I tell you one thing that I I got plugged in with around that area eight to ten months over mm-hmm. is uh, Ischia which is the Illinois State Conference of Young People in AA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that got me plugged in with people all over the state of Illinois mm-hmm. and then eventually all over the country too, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing stuff.
1: And so how did that, I mean, what did that do for you? How did that help?
0: Um, well, it started off by, you know, it was, of course, the way I got plugged in with it is a cute girl said, hey, come check out this <laughs> service committee and uh you know i of course followed her right yeah. in right and, you know when i showed up and, and wanted to be on, the, on
1: her committee no doubt absolutely yeah that's what i
0: was aiming at yeah uh,
1: what was that committee brady <laughs> that was a subcommittee oh okay all right we'll that's talk about right. that we'll talk about that off the air okay <laughs> you know i ended up uh, getting a service commitment when yeah. i showed up
0: to that committee. and that say
1: was say what a, say what that is say what a service commitment is because some people was, might not know
0: this specifically you know, on this, on the, this was the host committee, which okay. their obligation was to host the conference that year. Okay. And uh, which is pretty cool. There's about a thousand people show up to that. This is
1: the state. The this state. is the Illinois State yeah. Conference of Young People in AA. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thus, the term ISKIPAC. ISKIPAC. Yeah. Okay. I get you. Yep. So about a thousand people.
0: Yeah, show up to that, and uh, they made me hospitality chair. Okay. They told me I had to smile and shake hands, so I figured I could do that. Right, it turned out to be a little bit more than that, I right. organized some you know hospitality rooms and whatnot, but uh, it gave me something to do and something to be appreciated for,
1: and you know. something to be a part of, and yeah. yeah, I guess yeah and you're and you're sober what ten, at this point ten ten months a year,
0: yeah, yeah, it was about there
1: that's a big months, that's ten a months
0: a to a year from when I got the service commitment to when we hosted, so okay, yeah,
1: that's a big responsibility
0: yeah it was it was, okay. But so you're, so the way it
1: helped you was you're involved. Did you ever get get with that cute girl?
0: No, she ended up not sticking around. Oh, so she okay. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, God sent
1: her to, you know, that's
0: yeah, the way it worked, that, right? That's probably why I stuck around. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hook up with her. So. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah, and it, which brings, you know, I mean, it, this is a completely off-the-reservation question, but, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I know I hear about, in the program is to you know you have to kind of be careful about relationships in early recovery, but at the same time, you know young people kind of you know want to be together and date and hang out and all that stuff. How 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 can you explain to somebody a young person a new newcomer young person how that works?
0: Now, yeah, well, unfortunately, most of the time you can't. Well, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> the way the way that I always try to is uh, you know just. If you can barely be comfortable, when we, come, when, we, you know, when we come in, we're an emotional mess. You know, we don't yeah. know how to take care of ourselves. And if we don't know how to take care of ourselves, we don't know how to be comfortable with ourselves, how are we going to add a relationship to that mix and expect to have be successful and be okay with ourselves?
1: Like you'd have two complete messes trying to be, you know, well, assuming that the other person is also in early recovery, which might not be true, but, you know, they might be whatever, floating around out there doing their thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but you're saying that that often doesn't, your 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 logic is good, but the practical outcome of that is often not the case? Right. <laughs> I got that one right. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was as politically correct as I could yeah. say. <laughs> so, well said. maintain, you know, okay. So, what's the down? so the, do you, fi- do you find that people, that, that sends people, you know, they get into tailspins about that or they get, you know, they get drunk over that? Is that
0: yeah, something no, that happens? It, it definitely happens a lot. You know, people, people want that and they convince them. I mean, I've, I've convinced myself, you know, that's, I'm going to try to speak to my, my experience only. I mean, yeah, sure. I've seen, but,
1: sure.
0: You know, I've, I personally convince myself that, oh, well, I can, I can handle this, so this will be okay, because it's something I want so freaking bad. You know, right. I want that connection. I'm mature enough or whatever now. Sure. Right, right. Sure. I want that connection with another human being, just as we all do. Sure. You know? And, uh, you know, unfortunately, most of us have to learn the hard way. And right. do it and screw up, and hopefully we don't have to get drunk or high over it. Right. Know? And we can learn from our mistakes.
1: That's not always the case, but, yeah. Not always, no.
0: Right. Because I don't think that, I don't, from,
1: from, what I what I understand, the advice that you're talking about isn't any different when you're 18 than when you're 52. It's The advice is the same. You know, like, it's not a real good idea to get into a new relationship, you know, in the early part of your sobriety because of exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, it's just that much, you know, you know, a younger person has just that many more hormones in, in, in play at that time, so... So let's, you know, let me, uh, let's go back because I, I kind of want to hear how how it, you know, how it came down for you. So what, what, how did you get to rehab?
0: <laughs> okay, well, I don't know, the, uh, the, the first time I drank to get drunk, and I always say that because I probably snuck a beer when I was, you know, a little kid or something mm-hmm. or had a sip or something, but mm-hmm. the first time I, you know... Drank to get drunk on purpose. Was about ten years old at a party. Uh, it was my older brother's party.
1: So mm-hmm.
0: I was a ten-year-old little kid, you know, getting drunk with all these high school kids, and I was taking shots and beer bongs and all shot. And, you know, I was the center of attention. I was the first one puking. I was the first one passing out. And I was stealing people's beers and you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So that was mm-hmm. I got a lot of attention and. You know, I had a lot of fun doing it, even mm-hmm. though I was vomiting on myself. And you know, it doesn't Gosh, sound like sounds fun. like fun. Know, right? that's, <laughs> a, that's the difference. Like, normal people hear that story and they're like, God, why would you do that again? It's Like, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, there's something wrong with that right out of the gate.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that was just, it continued on similar to that, you know. As a 10-year-old, it's not like I could start drinking every day, but I drank as often as I could was probably every other weekend or so when mm-hmm. I could steal some beers or steal a bottle from my parents or whatever it mm-hmm. may have been. Um, but it was early early high school is when I started uh you know, drinking every day and discovered marijuana and started mm-hmm. smoking pot every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that just became the habit right off the bat. And mm-hmm. uh, sophomore year of high school I had tried you know, my parents obviously noticed Something was going on with me, and was, there was there were some problems. And
1: what did they notice? I mean, what did what did they see?
0: Um, you know, it's it's tough to recall exactly, especially from their perspective. But uh,
1: grades, friends.
0: Yeah, grades. Grades were always rough. I was never. I don't know. I think I started cheating my way through school in like sixth grade. So mm-hmm. I, don't know, I was never very scholastically uh, motivated. But. <laughs> I, uh, I always, I always got through and mm-hmm. uh, was able to copy off a friend or whatever it was. Okay. <laughs> so
1: it might not have been a huge change is what, what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. That might not have been the tip off. Right. Yeah.
0: But uh, there was definitely behaviors, you know, they noticed. And, and my mother, she was always pretty involved in our lives and would be looking at my room when I wasn't there. And, you know, she didn't let me get away with much. So mm-hmm. she was able to figure it out pretty quick and finding beers behind the bed or. Whatever it was a couple times, mm-hmm. uh, so she she knew what was up.
1: Did she know when you were high?
0: Um, you know it's kind of funny my My dad actually would confront me a few times, and mm-hmm. normally, it seemed to me that he would confront me when I was sober because that was when I was acting more erratic and uncomfortable. yeah, because when I had a beer a couple beers or a little bit of pot in my system, I was comfortable and mellow and okay with myself. When I didn't. I was uncomfortable and didn't know how to sit in my own skin, you know. So oh,
1: that's interesting. That was
0: when he called me out a couple times.
1: Because you were acting uncomfortable.
0: Right, because I was acting goofy and weird, you know.
1: So to him, sober was was weird. Right. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah.
0: Which, looking back, it makes sense, you know, based yeah. on how yeah, often yeah. I was getting drunk and high. Sure. You know, it was when I wasn't that I was... That
1: was odd. <laughs> Right, and then I'm sure you could be like indignant and self-righteous, and how dare you accuse me of getting high? I am, I haven't used any. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's that's great. <laughs> but I mean, you know, right? for if you want to, for somebody who wants to keep practicing, that that works out very well.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. So, any other behaviors that you can think of that might have been tip-offs for them? Um, well, you weren't getting in trouble with the law yet, probably.
0: Not yet. That probably started sophomore junior year.
1: How about hours, coming home late, stuff like that?
0: You know, I would actually, I was really good at sneaking out.
1: Oh, okay. I'd so, be
0: home on time mm. so I could sneak out, and that's when the fun really happened. Yeah, exactly. after hours. Yeah. Yep.
1: So you were pretty slick, basically.
0: Well, I had two older brothers to learn from. Oh, uh, yeah. They had already made all the mistakes, and I had been learning from them. Right. And uh, they were amazed. They, I mean, they were doing the same stuff as I was, but I got away with so much more than they ever did that they would actually wrap me out. Because they were so frustrated with how much I was getting away with <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was, yeah, because you'd yeah, you'd learn the you'd learn the lessons, sure, yeah, we and were your parents any different than you for for you than they were for your brothers i mean, yeah, after three after three kids, you know you get a little tired, you know, right, and,
0: and I don't know if they were tired, but they were just trying different approaches, yeah, you know, trying to figure out how to actually be proactive to help me because yeah. there wasn't. Know, they, they tried a lot, everything they could, you know, mm-hmm. and it ended up. I ended up in rehab, so it wasn't. You know. Yeah. They tried everything they could to help me. Yeah. You know, and they took every every resource they had to do everything they could for me. and you know, I spent in high school. I spent probably almost two years in outpatient rehab. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So you did the you did the whole deal. Oh yeah. You probably did tag.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did. And then, Because uh, every time you get busted at Crystal Lake South High School,
1: that's where you go. They, uh,
0: yeah, they say, well, you can be suspended for 10 days or you can go to TAG. And uh, I, my parents, of course, opted for TAG. I would sure. love the suspension. <laughs> and
1: TAG, just, it's, uh, that's the Advantage Group. It's an yeah. adolescent treatment program, just for people who don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And what else did you, TAG? What else did you do, family services?
0: or No, it was just TAG.
1: Just TAG, two years' worth?
0: Yeah, probably. In and out a little bit. Yeah. I was there for a pretty solid two years, I think.
1: Were you a, a tag superstar? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I actually, I eventually, uh, I was taping that bottle of, of someone else's urine to my leg. Yeah. And uh, faking my drug tests as uh-huh.
1: often as I could.
0: So,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, because they're pretty good over there about the drug tests. They got their own lab, I think.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, they put a counselor in the room for you, but, you know, I was really good about. Accusing people of being perverts and all that jazz too, to make right. them, uh, you know, not, right. not be giving me too much attention. Right. You know. And All the angles worked out here. Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good, the best. Yeah. The best
1: defense is a good offense. So, yeah, and could you, you could keep it? You could keep it. Body temperature. Most of them, you know. Now they're pretty, they're more sensitive. I don't need to pull that off because you I can't had keep it a pretty them.
0: sweet system set up. Did you? I would uh, get someone else's urine, didn't matter how old it was, and then keep it in scalding hot water, like the actual oh, bottle in I really see. hot water. So it would keep it warm for like an hour before I went.
1: Oh. And then tape
0: it to my leg and it would keep it close to temperature.
1: Oh, ah, well, very good. Yeah. That's and
0: that duct tape on your leg hair is a pain though. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. One of the side effects they don't tell you about. So
1: how long did you were were you able to pull that one off?
0: Um, you know, it was probably a few months that I was actually doing that. So
1: and I- you were still a superstar while you were doing that? I mean like they were thinking, Hey, Brady's pretty cool, I like him. He's 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 the man.
0: Uh at the adventure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, she you no, know, the counselor over there always knew I was full of shit. And she had no problem <laughs> telling me that. <laughs> but it got that's why I eventually graduated because she She
1: you know, got tired of you. Yeah, she told yeah. me.
0: She's like, I know you're full of crap. Yeah. But, I can't prove it. So right. you need to get out of here. That's right. a bad influence. Was that Pat? At that point. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> good but for now, her. Now I've I, gone I and talked to her since I've been sober. And, yeah. You know, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's
1: good. I, I mean, that, uh, that's good that that happened that way. You know, Yeah, I think
0: she definitely, that the advantage group itself definitely helped plant the seed mm-hmm. for me. You know, gave me a, the introduction to recovery.
1: And then, so what happened after advantage group then? Where'd you go from there?
0: Um, just back to back to high school. Yeah. You know, I uh, stayed out of the rehabs and stuff for a while. Yeah. But that was probably in the middle of high school, mm-hmm. I would bet. And it's hard to say exactly when.
1: And what was your using behavior like at that time?
0: Well, all through high school, probably starting sophomore year. I actually went to uh Elgin Academy mm-hmm. my first semester of sophomore mm-hmm. year. And that was my parents Trying to help me.
1: I trying guess. to get you out of, this, out of the public school environment?
0: Yeah. And yeah. They, they asked me before they sent me, they are like, do you want to change where you're headed? Because mm-hmm. it's obviously not productive
1: at this mm-hmm. point.
0: And uh, I really did. You know, I wanted to get out and, you know, to help myself and get out of the, out of the soup or yeah. whatever the problem was. I couldn't see it at the time that the problem was myself and I wasn't going to be able to remove myself from myself mm-hmm. just by changing schools. But, <laughs> but it was a good thought. Yeah, it was it was worth a shot, I guess. Yeah, was that it was just, you, you had a choice then, and I did.
1: Yeah, and you took the choice. Mm-hmm. So you must have known, at some level, that there was trouble. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was definitely looking for looking for help at that point. Just didn't know how, how to get. How it.
1: did you know there was? I mean, what? How did you know there was trouble?
0: Well, I I'd say early freshman year, I I told a good friend of mine. This is one example that always sticks out in my head. I told a good friend of mine, if I ever turned into one of those hippies that wears his pajama pants to school every day, mm-hmm. punched me in the face. And uh, <laughs> yeah. he came up to me at some point, and he didn't punch me in the face, but he said, hey, dude, you told me to let you know if this ever happened. Mm-hmm. And I had the long hippie hair, and I was wearing pajama pants to school and smoking pot every day before school. So right. I got to that point and but it didn't matter. I didn't care Right. I said that. I'm like, hey, I don't worry about it, bro.
1: So right. And, so you you knew you were breaking your own promises. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Freshman in high school, I was already 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 doing that. Already breaking promises. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, and then so let's go let's go forward. Well, let's yeah let's go forward to like you know from where we were about middle of high school to towards the end of high school. What's going on?
0: Okay. Well, I spent most of my high school career. I was smoking pot. Every day before school, mm-hmm. taking handfuls of random pills mm-hmm. during school, mm-hmm. and then getting out on work release and playing beer pong every day after school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, was, I had a plethora of drugs going on, a mm-hmm. nice cocktail. Uh, <laughs> on, uh, Does I that mean, mean you were a cocktailer? <laughs> <laughs> you know mind. how I love that phrase. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's the last six months of my of my drinking mm-hmm. was uh, there's three major events that happened and that was I totaled a friend of mine's car um, he was passed out in the passenger seat and I rolled at it at going about 120 miles an hour almost killed us both and uh, we both walked away and the worst part about that is I left him to take the rap
1: mm-hmm. he
0: was barely coherent you know, almost in a diabetic coma because he drank so much booze. Mm-hmm. And the booze obviously must have blown bit too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I left. I told him, you know, as the cops were starting to roll up, "Hey, don't tell the cops I was here. I got to go because I had other uh, other charges on my record."
1: Oh, so, so you would have. I, re- I see, and and he he would, well, he he wouldn't have known if he was okay with that or not because he was in a coma. So right. yeah,
0: and I didn't really care. Either. Yeah, anyway, because I was pretty. Pretty consumed with myself and what I wanted.
1: Yeah. And keeping you out of trouble.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: So that's one of the majors.
0: Yeah. Next one was getting expelled from high school my senior year. Mm -hmm. I uh, I was pretty messed up on uh, Xanax bars Mm -hmm. and got into a fight with this kid who was a year younger than me and quite smaller than me. And uh, he definitely started the fight. But I defended myself and then took it a little bit past that and kicked him in the face while he was down. Mm. And uh, he left in an ambulance and they expelled me right away. Mm. So that was that was a big deal. You know, I pretended like I didn't care because that just, you know, I got to start my after high school drinking career right.
1: early right know,
0: before everybody else. So that's what I jumped right into. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last one it was actually the last time I ever drank. Mm. I... Uh, I crashed a truck that... It was my truck. My dad had given it to me. Mm-hmm. I crashed it into a house on uh, here in Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. And it was... Uh, that one was rough because I, I had known that I can't drive after 6 o'clock because I was usually too drunk to drive after 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, by the other accidents and mm-hmm. trouble I've been into. So uh, I... I was just going to play a game of poker early evening, and uh, I was going to go home and crash out early, but I, uh, you know, I'm not very good at playing poker, so I got mm-hmm. knocked out of that game pretty quick, and I, of course, had to finish the case of beer that I brought with me. Mm-hmm. So I finished that, and then I was on my way home, and I'm assuming I drank that beer, you know, that case of beer so quick that I didn't really know how drunk I was, and uh, about halfway home, I ended up crashing into a house, and mm. uh, right into someone's bedroom, actually. Really? And came you know, feet away from killing the people sleeping in their bedroom. Yeah. So that was uh, was pretty awful. And I, of course, ran fled the scene from that as well. Hmm. Uh, that's what I do best is yeah. run from my trouble Yeah. at that point.
1: And so that's, yeah. And so that was number three, and it was after that into rehab?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I went and consulted with, I always say, the four people that knew me best, my dad and my three attorneys, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sat down and just, you know, they told me that, they don't know how to help me anymore. You know, they Mm -hmm. continue to try to keep me out of jail. Um, Because I had so many pending cases at that point, I might end up, you know, serving six months in jail. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that was true or not. They might have just been BSing me to convince me to go to rehab. Um, I don't know. Either way, it's uh, turned out to be the best. It worked. It worked. Right. Yeah. All
1: right. right. Well, maybe that's a good place to take a uh, a break here for a minute and um get uh we'll and we'll pick up we'll pick up from there after uh Mike what are you going to play? You going to do summertime or are you going to yeah, do, do, do summertime, please. All right, that's good. You like that song, don't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let her rip. I just uh, Yeah, I just gave Shane the the paper there in case somebody somebody in here has any questions. If the audience, do we, do we have any callers? I, I, we don't have any callers, but just a, just a couple of, you know what? Oh, no, no, we don't. Just kidding, the thought of that one. Um, just a, a quick clarification. I think you mentioned uh, uh, a Xanax bar, and I, I, I have some idea what that is, but I think maybe some people don't, just to, just to know what, what was going on. Yeah, good thought. What's a Xanax bar?
0: Sure, that's uh, you know that I believe, I, a lot of the pills I took I didn't even know what they were, but uh, I believe it's an opiate. Um, it's
1: a benzo. It's a benzo. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's not just not just a
1: Xanax or two Xanax. It's it's more than that. Well, it sounds like I think it's I think a bar is I want to say it's one milligram, and then they come in fours, and you can break off the bar.
0: Right. Is that, uh, is that how it works? Okay. And So right. I yeah. I
1: think that's right. And I know
0: the bar is more it's stronger than like the triangles or yeah. whatever if yeah. pills come in. Yeah. Right. yeah,
1: but it'll 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 mess you up. Yeah, a lot that's, of
0: people refer to it as like a drunk in a pill form. Yeah, powdered powdered booze. Right,
1: But when you hear um, when you hear Xanax bar, it's almost like it sounds like it's a place where you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, you go to the Xanax bar. Like,
1: it what kind of happens at the Xanax bar? You know, is there like raisins and nuts involved? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah like a, is it kind of is it health food or something? No, um hiking. Not that kind of Xanax bar. I want um Okay. Was there any other? Did you have any other things that you wanted to get clear about? Uh. No. Just no, okay. I mean, we'll 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 get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. And then um, these guys. We, we have so for for the listening audience. We o- we almost always have a studio audience, and then sometimes the studio audience has questions, and we in the past haven't given them an opportunity to ask them. So we're going to maybe maybe hear from them here in in a few minutes. So, but um, so a couple things now. Um, so from the point Brady, where you were in uh, in rehab, I know you were in a local rehab. And it's fine to use their name. You went to Rosecrans, right? I did. Yeah, pretty well-known place in this general in this area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you know, so you were there. How long were you there?
0: I was there, I spent a month in the adolescent facility and uh, signed myself out, mm-hmm. and then signed myself back in for another day or two, and they transferred me into the adult facility.
1: How come you signed yourself back in?
0: Well, I. Became pretty resentful. I don't know if anybody's ever gone to a adolescent facility, um, treatment facility, but there's a lot of team building activities. And uh, you know, I was 18 years old at the time, out of high right. school, right? And I was spending a lot of time with 14, 15 year olds oh. who were pretty immature. And right. uh, you know, I, I did what I what I could there. I went, you know, I was obviously brand new sober, going through a lot of emotional ups and downs. And, right. Uh, you know, I. I tried to, tried to go, I really did give it a, as much of a shot as I could, and, uh, you know, I ended up just giving up, and I was, you know, just going to sign myself out. I was, so, I was just so fed up, and I obviously wasn't very balanced at the time, yeah. emotionally or mentally.
1: Yeah. So, so then you, so, but you, you decided to sign yourself back, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I did. My my parents showed up, yeah. and uh, we talked with the, one of the main counselors there, yeah. and they did talk. They said, "All right, well, if you sign yourself back in for a day or two, there will be a bed open in the adult facility." I guess you. you Transferred over there.
1: So you then you went in and did the adult program. Yes. And how did you do? So you did. So how long was that?
0: That was just under a month. Okay. So I spent almost two months.
1: Okay. In rehab all together. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and then then what? Then where did you go? You went you went to a halfway house.
0: Yeah, and I knew I was going to be under court order to follow direction of the rehab. Right. So they said you need to follow up with some aftercare, mm-hmm. and that was either intensive outpatient, which is like eight hours a day, yeah, in like a treatment facility, yeah, and then sleeping at home, yeah, or going into a halfway house. Right. So I went and did the research and got interviews at several different halfway houses, and ended up moving to one right off of that in Aurora.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you were telling me about that.
0: Yeah, I stayed there for probably a month and a half before I got into a dispute with the house manager mm-hmm. and uh, was asked kindly asked to leave immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at which point I moved to another house in mm. Elgin, yeah. where I spent about eight months there. Right.
1: Yeah, were disputes kind of your thing, or I mean, uh, you got you got yeah, a couple
0: was, you got a couple
1: disputes in your history. I
0: I was an extreme hothead. Were you? It's amazing to me that people can't picture that today, you know, when I tell people about that, I can't imagine, because I was, it was normally when I was sober, when I had a pretty extreme temper, Mm -hmm. and uh, my parents will vouch for me. Mm -hmm. I busted out quite a few doors and walls of Mm -hmm. their home, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was, I had even threatened several of my family members, and Mm -hmm. that was actually one big thing before I got sober that, you know, scared the crap out of me, is my
1: my dad told
0: me that he doesn't trust me at home with my family anymore because hmm. I was just such a hothead, and yeah. he thought I was going to hurt someone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a wake-up call, that's, to say the least. Yeah,
1: it does. It sounds like a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so disputes, You were that's sort of a politically correct way of saying it. Yeah, of yeah. me getting real yeah.
0: angry and yelling at people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: so you got booted from the halfway house for a dispute. Right. And then you went, where would you go from there?
0: I went to Elgin, another yeah. area. It was like more of a three-quarter house. Yeah. It was a lot less restricted. Yeah. yeah. Which,
1: what's, maybe, what's the difference?
0: Um, well, the way I understand it is a halfway house. Um, you know, you eat all your meals at home uh, with the rest of the housemates. And, okay. you know, you have to be up at a certain time, be out the door at a certain time, hold a full-time job, and there's a lot of rules and regulations. And uh, with a three-quarter house... You know, you need to go to a. You still need to go to a certain amount of meetings. You still need to have a job. Still need to have a sponsor. But there's less restrictions as the curfew is a little bit more lenient. You don't have to eat all your meals with the other housemates and
1: well, just yeah, a little bit more freedom. A little more freedom. Now we have. Is this, this, this is what's this? We have a caller, or do we have, we have questions? We have. We have, uh, we have a couple of questions from the audience here. If you, okay. If you, if you yeah. You want to get that in You want to yeah. go ahead and front if those? If I up. may, if I may recite these. Um, Number one, did your decision-making and bad
0: choices end right after you got sober, or did it take time to develop from there? Oh, it's still a learning experience today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I cannot claim to be perfect. I, I'm far from it, and uh, I'm still learning life lessons as we all are. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, let's see here. we got we got a, a, a two-parter here. Um, Where or what is your memory of, uh, of your surrender? Maybe we should even say what what that what surrender what's your understanding of surrender?
0: Yeah, that's probably
1: a good yeah
0: yeah. Well, my uh, my intake into the adolescent facility, I uh, I was you know I was ready to give this sober thing a shot because I I really didn't have any other options and you know I wasn't sure where my life was going to end up. Yeah. But uh, when I went and did the intake, I was more honest with the intake lady than I've ever been with anybody regarding my my drug use and mm. my history in general. And uh, that was very freeing, mm-hmm. to, to be that honest. But there was a specific time when someone came into that facility and spoke, and uh, they they told my story. You know, this, mm-hmm. uh, you, if you're in recovery, you hear that a lot. Someone told your story. Mm-hmm. And this guy, he just, I could tell that he's been where I've been. He'd felt what I'd felt, and uh, he had the problems that I had, and he was happy, and he was, you know, free from all the stuff that I was currently suffering from. So I was convinced that this person knew, had some kind of answer for me. Mm. And, uh, you know, he told me a little bit about the 12 steps and what he had done to recover from this hopeless state of mind and body that, you know, I seemed to be stuck in. Mm. And uh, that was, and I was, I was struggling big time with the idea of a higher power of God at that point. And, uh, you know, this guy asked me, you know, if I could make up any idea, any conception of a higher power what would it be? Mm -hmm. And it was at that point that I was able to let my guard down and just begin to start to let, you know, a God into my life, which was a huge deal. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I believe so. Does that answer both parts of the question? Yeah, the the second part was more of an explanation of the question. I just didn't didn't finish reading. <laughs> <laughs> when was the jig off? Said, oh, okay. When, when right. are we gonna do this? So, I jumped the gun. Uh, in other words, right? Oh, yeah, well, I, yeah. I I just didn't finish the question. Oh, okay. That uh, right. was I think that was a good answer. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, um, do we have a caller or no? No. Okay. Um, yeah, because I think that that point that point of surrender is uh, that's a good question because I think people really wonder about that and you know like what. I think a lot of parents are in a hurry for their kids to get to that point of surrender, and it doesn't work that way, does it? No, it
0: doesn't. No. I, I couldn't have manipulated my way to that point of surrender. No, it
1: just that whatever the 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 events were, whether, whether it was, you know, the preponderance of legal problems, whether it was feeling bad about how you were acting, whether it was your family, the look on your family's face, you know. You know your dad's face is what he said, or the friend telling you with the with the with the funny pants when you were a freshman, or whatever. Right. All of the above, huh?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There's, all, there's been degrees of surrender throughout my life, you know, in, yeah. the, in the years of being sober too. Yeah. So.
1: All right. So a couple of things. Um, it, it, so let's talk about. Uh, can we talk about sponsor? Can you say a little bit about sponsor? You know, we hear this word, sponsor, sponsorship. What's that all about?
0: Sure. The, uh, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to sponsor other guys, and since I've been in the program, I've had a sponsor. And, um, you know, right off the bat, my, uh, I, you know, I always used to say I've only had three sponsors, but when I really look back at it, the, the primary counselor I had in the adult facility of rehab mm-hmm. I now consider my first sponsor. Mm-hmm. She she opened up the big book and highlighted, you know, the big book is the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, mm-hmm. and uh, highlighted a whole bunch of stuff and told me where to start, mm-hmm. you know, and just put, put me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, since then I've had a sponsor that has showed me what not to do in sobriety because they've, you know, been what they call a dry drunk. And, right. Uh, you know, I've seen that person be extremely unhappy still going to meetings but not really doing any work in the in the steps yeah and, uh, you know so i've seen what that has to offer but i learned something from it mm-hmm. you know and i've had a sponsor that took me through the 12 steps and has read the big book with me and uh you know that's just kind of shared their experience on how they've gotten through life mm-hmm. and using the steps and to achieve you know a closer contact with the higher power yeah. so you've had you've
1: had a couple of different kinds of people and but they've they've all been sponsors of a, of a sort.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Not w- not one better than the other. You um were you any good at following directions?
0: You know, I I was right at first yeah. and then, you know, I've gotten lazy and yeah. procrastinating and you know, I've I've done that and then obviously pain is the best motivator. So mm-hmm. When when I've been stagnant for a period of time and gotten, you know, uncomfortable in my own skin again, mm-hmm. I obviously all of a sudden become extremely motivated to uh, to get back on and uh, start taking direction. What
1: causes you the pain, usually?
0: Um, it's usually just trying to run my own life again,
1: you know, mm-hmm. rather
0: than turn it over to, to my connection with God mm-hmm. and look for a direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to make my own decisions and chase what I want, whether it be a girl or money or... Whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, I usually when I'm chasing those those primal instincts, I usually end up. Unhappy. How do
1: you know the difference? I know yeah. that's a hard question. It but
0: is. It, it definitely gets easier in time. Yeah. You know, there's uh, it's it's a lot of trial and error. And, yeah. Uh,
1: like Brady's will and God's will, kind of like, how do you know the difference?
0: Right. You, what, well, have you,
1: what have you figured?
0: You know, if if God's will will never hurt anybody else. Yeah. Ever. You know, and if I ever have to second guess whether mm-hmm. my you know future action is going to harm someone else, it probably is going to. Even if I have to ask myself the question, yeah, I try to manipulate my way around the answer. Yeah,
1: so that's yeah. probably Brady. Yeah, Brady at yeah. the wheel.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, usually yeah. when the right answer is a God answer. Yeah. It's already there. I don't have to question it.
1: Do you think it's different for a young person to to, to get sober than it is for an older person? Is there a difference?
0: You know, I I always considered myself lucky to have gotten sober after high school
1: because
0: mm. I had I would imagine it being extremely difficult to be in high school, hanging out with all the high school friends, doing mm. what high school kids do, mm-hmm. and uh, and staying sober. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I I think I think it can be, but at the same time, you know, it just depends on how because I, I was able to throw myself completely into Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, yeah. find a life within that and within service work and find friends within that eventually.
1: And you went to an adult program and then you came out and you made, you made friends with older guys I so did. that that may have made a difference but it's yeah.
0: yeah, it probably helped my foundation
1: Yeah, and we talked about your involvement with service work, the Iski and the Icky pa and all of that stuff mm. and and the Campy Pa oh, yeah. that, that one always killed me too <laughs> Yep. What's ca- tell me what Campy
0: Pie is? Um, Campy Pie is a collaboration. Well, there's there's like different Paws in every state. You know, YPAs yeah. in Illinois, Wisconsin is Wiki Pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Michigan is Mickey Pie, Indiana is Inky Pie. They're mm-hmm. all over the place. But Campy Pie is a campout that I think it's about five different states came together and threw a big campout. You know, hangout yeah. and like almost like a conference, but not really. And uh, where well, we all just kind of met up to have fun and play volleyball and, you know, go canoeing and jump off bridges into the river and of you know, <laughs> I'm
1: glad you added river. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> how, long have, uh, how long have the EPA the been around? Is that, is that a relatively recent thing? It just seems like a really good resource for, actually, uh, for
0: younger people. I believe IKIPA, which is an international conference, has started... In uh, very early 80s, let's say like 80, 81, something crazy like that. Um, but Iskipa is one of the older ones and one of the larger statewide houses, at least for the Midwest area. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, um, do we I think we just had our 30th conference mm-hmm. of the Iskipa, so... All right. Yeah, I think it's
1: just a really good good resource, and it's something that I don't personally know a lot about. And you know, I think the more people know about that,
0: um, I think you guys
1: kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier that that to have a resource and and to have people that kind of share your, you know, maybe share your story a little bit or you know, a, a place to to be sober when you're when you're a, a younger person. in Recovery is is important because I think I hear that from a lot of people. That yeah. well, what am I supposed to do? Absolutely. You know, well, I'm sober,
0: but now what, right? Right.
1: Um, what would you tell, what would you tell, uh, if a kid, if a young person came to you, I, I don't want to, you know, kid is relative because, you know, but let's say a 17, 18 year old young person comes to you and says, I want to get sober. What, what, what would you tell? Them?
0: Well, I'd start off with, uh, I mean, having been in AA, i am taught to, uh, you know, I, I know how to sponsor guys. I don't want to take people through the steps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I would try to help them qualify themselves and figure out if they are an alcoholic or not. So how would you do that? Well, I'd, uh, you know, one thing is I never had a choice how much I was going to drink. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you guys can talk about will and strong will and weak will and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. I never had a choice. You know, when I, I always say the difference between me and a normie is, well, I got a DUI and... No, at the time, the only reason I could think of, like how I could have avoided that DUI, is if I wouldn't have driven through that town, you know, where the cops I knew were jerks. Right. You know, I'm going to pull me it open. wouldn't occur
1: to you that right. you wouldn't have got a DUI if you didn't
0: drink. Right. No. Yeah. I wouldn't. I never thought of that. It just was the wrong town. Like you know, someone who's not an alcoholic would just say, "Oh, I shouldn't have had. I should have had two beers instead of thirty beers." Yeah. You know, that never yeah. occurred to me because I was always going to have as many beers as I was. Right.
1: Get, okay.
0: Know. It's just. This How is my what, mind works. It's just
1: right? the programming. Yeah, it's just yeah. the way. It, it's the, the disease. is really what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. So the first thing you do is help them qualify and see where they stand with with their and see if they're serious about, you know, whether they have the illness and.
0: Right. You know,
1: yeah. Okay. Okay. And and then um, once that, once that's done, if they're serious about it, what's next?
0: Well, I gotta ask them. You know, get them plugged into some meetings mm-hmm. and ask them if they want me to be their sponsor mm-hmm. or help them find a sponsor otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I qualify them as, as, help them qualify themselves as an alcoholic. And it's important I say it like that because you can't, I can't tell anyone else they're an alcoholic. You okay,
1: know? yeah. Because
0: it doesn't matter if I do. If they don't believe it for themselves. Right. Then, you know,
1: so you help people take a look at that, help them understand, and absolutely. then show them what you did.
0: Yeah, and I show them the show them the steps and show them the program and you know the life that I get to live today mm-hmm. and uh, you know see if if they're willing to take the steps to mm-hmm. to do that.
1: Okay, all right. So, what would you tell um, what would you tell parents? What would you say to to parents whose kids were acting like you?
0: You know, I've actually had uh, I've gotten the you know, opportunity to, to work with several people's parents and, yeah. um, a lot of time that's been while their, their kid has been relapsing yeah. and going through a, a lot. And it's not always just the, the kids too. You know, I've had, I was sponsoring one guy who was older than myself and, uh, by a couple of years and his dad was, would just come to me in tears
1: because
0: mm. he was out there killing himself and he right. didn't know what to do. Right. And, you know, it was tough because. Unless the, the kid or the individual is, you know, willingly coming, you know, into the program and working the steps, there's really nothing we can, we can do for them, right. you know, unless they want unless they want it.
1: Mm-hmm. But okay.
0: It's important that we're able to plant the seed, though, give them an introduction, tell them right. what we do have to offer. Right. And then from there, it, it's up to them.
1: It's tough for parents, I think, to to um, see their kids going, going down and then know that, that they may not they may feel like there's nothing they can do but they can they can let go of you know they can let go you know and, and I talk to parents all the time too who I mean that's a tough thing to do that's my kid that's my baby that's my youngest son right how can i let how can i let go and yet that's the that's a very powerful intervention yeah to like not stand in the way
0: yeah
1: finally say there you go. Right. There you Which
0: go. I have a tough time, a tough time with, because it's not, you know, I've I've dealt with some kids that are 15 years old, you know, 14 years old, and it's not like they're just drinking some beers and smoking a little reefer. They're yeah. doing hard drugs. They're doing sure. heroin. They're doing cocaine. Sure. And they're sure. putting needles in their arm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's tough. It's not just like, oh, we're just going to let them go do their thing. Maybe they'll... I'll make sure they have a safe car. That way if they do crash, they won't kill themselves, you know. It's mm-hmm. not that easy anymore. I mean, that's what my dad did for me because mm-hmm.
1: luckily
0: I wasn't into the harder stuff. But, right. you know, it's a tough spot to be in. It
1: you. is a tough spot. It doesn't change. Unfortunately, it doesn't change the, the treatment of choice, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you've got you to gotta get to your own place. Now, one of the things, I guess this is pro- probably the last, question I'll ask you and then we'll, we'll, we'll probably need to wrap it up and we'll get Mike to play us out but um, I've noticed that in this area and I don't know if it's the same in a lot of areas but in this area there's a lot of activities a lot of, a lot of a, a big uh, a lot of social things a lot of you guys just had a big
0: bonfire the other night right? Yeah just last night there was yeah. a big Halloween party and that was hosted yeah. by Isky Pod and there's. Somewhere between two hundred and fifty and three hundred people there,
1: I mean that's i mean i don't i think that's that's unusual i at least in my opinion, it's unusual to have that kind of
0: yeah.
1: organization and that kind of you know Yeah,
0: no, that's awesome cause the every year we get shut down by the cops <laughs> <And it's really laughs> and that awesome. should get
1: that <laughs> should get a lot of kids there just that right. that alone should <laughs> yeah.
0: it should be a big uh, draw the cops are going to be there to shut us down. Let's yeah, get over there. They walk back, and they're like, where are the beards, you know? There's 300 <laughs> people out raging. You know, we got a DJ playing, a bonfire 30 feet high. And, you know, the cops are just amazed that we're a bunch of sober kids, you
1: know. Yeah, they probably can. not How'd that wood go, by the way?
0: Oh, it was great. Yeah, nice oh, okay. and dry? Oh, yeah. Good.
1: Did you burn it all up?
0: Uh, almost. No. Yeah, a little bit. Man, you must, have had,
1: you must have had quite a bonfire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy
0: crap! That was a lot of wood.
1: That's good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. But do you think that that um, that, that activity, the, the activities that you guys are that you guys are part of, is that what? How do you does that play a part in, in, in the sobriety, in the in the ability to stay sober, or what? How would you how would you bring those things together?
0: You know, I think I think the steps are necessary before the fellowship. Um, yeah. You know, the fellowship. Is, is something we've created after we've worked the steps and found sobriety yeah. and then decided, all right, we still want to have fun. You know, we've taken a bunch of the craziest drunks and the craziest drug users around and take, gotten them sober, and mm-hmm. we still want to party. And we're, mm-hmm. still, we're still young, and we want to rock and roll. So mm-hmm. we figured out ways to do it, and that's all it is. If you don't have young, sober parties in your area, go start them. Yeah. Get a couple people together. Build the fire, build the DJ, you know, the the dance floor, whatever you got to do. Right. Show up. Yeah. Do it.
1: So, so the message is, you can you can get sober and still have fun.
0: Absolutely.
1: I mean, it's 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 a radical concept. It is. It's a radical concept. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Did you ever think that you could have fun when when you were out there? Would that have made sense to you? Having fun and not drinking, or having fun and not getting high.
0: No, that was my my biggest line to my mother or whoever is. I drink so I can have fun. I'm just having fun. Leave me alone. You know, right. and I believed it. I was convinced. I was convinced myself of that. It was total BS. You know, <laughs> I just didn't know. I never had You know, learned how to have fun as a young adult. Yeah, sober. I never right. Never did it. You know, I was yeah. consumed by drinking and getting high because it felt so good and so right at the time. Yeah. But I was completely taken by it. I didn't know. I had no idea there was another option. You know, when I was in rehab, somebody said, "Well, why don't you just, you know, live life sober?" And I was like, "Whoa!" That like blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, wait,
1: wait. Back up. Back up. (laughs) What 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 is that all about? Um, Okay. Well, I I want to. I want to thank you for for coming on and sharing your stuff and. Having a having a chat. It was it was nice to have you, and it was fun. And the inaugural, uh, this was yeah, like Chris said earlier in the show, this is the uh, inaugural uh, episode in the new uh, in the new studio. So nice, cool. Could have been broken in better. Yeah, thank you very much. Could not have been yeah. done better. Thanks and uh, uh, yep, good times. Um, and so Mike, you're gonna you're gonna play us. What are you gonna play besides electronic sounds? <laughs> That's
0: good. <laughs> Turn it off. Yeah. Play it? I
1: don't okay. Sounds good. You did? Yeah. Alright. Let's hear it. Okay. So uh, thanks to tonight's guest Brady and uh, Mike for the music. We appreciate it. Thanks to our listeners and our studio audience for it, making us a successful little underground source resource for the recovering community. We'll email... Up- shows and to sign up for our email reminder list remember too that we want to hear from all of you so we know where our listeners are yes please please do as always live today love yourself and your neighbor and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny we hope you've enjoyed the show see you at 8 o'clock next Sunday night bye-bye